Hi, and welcome to the Crypto Writer Talks podcast. In this episode, I talk to Sasha Stiles, an artist, poet, transhuman translator, and AI researcher. We discuss her work, which lies at the intersection of text and technology, AI-powered writing, and her new book, Technology. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Crypto Writer Talks. Uh, today, we have a really special guest, um, poets, artist, transhuman translator, and AI researcher, Sasha Stiles. Um, I've been a huge fan of her work ever since I discovered it back in, what, April, March, April. Um, her work, um, she works on so many um, fascinating and topical issues like AI and new media art and poetry. Um, and she's, she addresses some really like big questions uh, about the future of humanity or what post-human language might look like. Um, and also very excited and, and why we're here, her new book, Technology, has just come out. Congratulations, Sasha. I don't think I um, ever congratulated you personally. Um, so <laughs> it's an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to her about that, um, about her art, her AI-powered poetry. Um, but before we dive into a uh, discussion about the book, um, could you tell us a bit about yourself and your work? Um, like, how would you describe what you do? Because um, it's really quite complex. Um, so if you could give like an introduction for people who might not know you here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will try. Um, and I just wanted to start also by saying thank you so much, Callan, for um, for hosting. And I've been looking forward to chatting with you. We obviously we we are we are friends and we do so many projects together, but we rarely get to just talk about our work like this. So it's um, it's really a privilege. And I, I have some questions for you, too. So um, just been looking forward <laughs> to our chat. Um, and I also just wanted to mention for um, for anyone who who um, is interested in this portion of things that Callan is actually, I think, the f maybe the second person that I really like met and connected with in the crypto space earlier this year in the in the crypto writing community. Um, I sort of um, uh, I arrived here, I guess, March, something like that. And um, Callan's work and um, uh, her, her tweets immediately caught my attention and we connected. And I was just really excited to meet someone who was so like-minded and just doing such interesting conceptual work on the blockchain. Um, and she's just been the most amazing community builder for, um, for crypto writers. Um, and for the future of literature. So I'm just, again, like really grateful that we met and we connected and really grateful for our friendship. And again, thank you for, um, for chatting with me today. Um, so I guess a, like a little bit about me. So I'm, um, I'm a poet and an artist, um, as well as a, an AI researcher. I do independent um, work on that front. I have considered myself mainly a writer and mainly a poet for a really long time. Um, uh, you know, separate from from the art and the AI pursuits, but I've been writing poetry pretty much my whole life. Um, I uh, just grew up kind of adoring um, poetry in many forms. My my father actually gave me um, a probably somewhat inappropriate book of poetry when I was little, but the first sort of book that he gave me was a was a collection called Crow by Ted Hughes, um, which. Uh, I read when I was really young and was just bowled over by and um, just sort of caught the bug at a really early age. So I've always really been um, enchanted by the power of language and um, and poetry in particular. Um, I've also been really interested in our relationship with technology for a long time. I um, I think, you know, perhaps because I was born, um, you know, before the advent of a lot of our social media platforms. And, um, you know, I, I only started using things like um, AOL and Instant Messenger when I was in high school and didn't have, um, I think I had a BlackBerry in college and, or a Nokia flip phone or something like that. And then I didn't even have a smartphone until after I graduated. So I, I grew up in a very sort of, you know, different kind of um, environment in terms of our, our technological um, surroundings. And um, I think a lot about um, kind of growing up as a 
analog child in that way. And then, you know, being so immersed in technology now, that really consumes me um, as it consumes a lot of us. And so um, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, what it means to have so much of my experience now mediated by our digital technologies. And I, I think for me, one of the the best ways that I know how to think about those things and how to grapple with them is by writing about them and by creating poetry about them. So um, that's that's what I've been doing for some time now. Um, and gradually, um, you know, the, the poems that I had been writing about technology started creeping off the printed page and taking on different forms and started to actually kind of manifest themselves through new media and through different digital technologies and um, and again, that, that sort of evolution has um, brought me here um, onto the blockchain and into this, um, this community here, which has been really wonderful. Um, I will also just mention quickly that one of the other things um, Kellen touched on um, in the intro, and I think we'll probably get into this a lot more because it's core to um, the book that I have out now, but I do a lot of work. Um, incorporating artificial intelligence uh, and, and AI-powered writing tools um, in my work. I have been um, working with AI, I think since about 2017, 2018, in different um, in different capacities. But I've um, you know I've been really excited by the possibilities for language and for creative imagination that are offered by various AI tools. Um, I think a lot of us in this space you know are are really familiar with um, how we can use a AI to sort of turbocharge our art practice in different ways. And I'm really um, really deeply interested in how we can use it to turbocharge our, our writing practices and how um, AI can be used to sort of unlock, um, you know, sort of a next-gen imagination. Um, so I spent a lot of time working with different AI writing tools and incorporating that into um, my work. And, and again, I can talk more about that maybe as we get into this conversation, but um, that's that's a big component of what I've been working on lately and something that I'm super excited to share in the book as well as in, um, in various um, NFTs um, and, and in this conversation. Yeah, thank you. I would love to yeah, definitely talk about delving into that um, uh, in the conversation, uh, maybe even now, um, if you like. Sure. Um, so... For example, like I see you, you call yourself a, like you describe yourself as a transhuman translator, which I think is a really interesting description, um, not only because I'm also, I've also worked in translation um, of like human languages um, for a very long time and that kind of relation, translation uh, work and the relationship that you have with um, the source and target languages, um, I think are really interesting. And um, I was just looking at um, the little chat book that you sent me, Vina 48 in the Garden, a love poem, which is such a beautiful, beautiful poem. Um, and I often look at the back and I find it, the little, the passage in the back so touching. Um, I'm just gonna read it out. Um, it says, even though I know Vina 48 is just wires and circuits, when she says that she hopes one day to be able to garden outside, I hope that for her too. So I feel like there's um, kind of this uh, empathy towards um, being a 48, towards AI um, and machines uh, that, um, you know, is, I feel, uh, probably makes you a very good translator, in effect, because, um, you know, you have that connection. So I'd love to hear more about um, how you how you look at your translation work in terms of um, uh, in translating uh, or working with AI, um, what that relationship is, um, if you could describe that and how you work with AI. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for that question. I'd love to talk about that. So my, um, a lot of my interest in AI really um, sort of came to a head in 2018. Um, I had been um, I had been reading a lot of stories about a humanoid android um, named Bina48, who, as you just mentioned, is the subject of 
one of my long poems. Um, and um, Bina 48 um, is a sort of experiment in digital immortality. She's a, a again, a humanoid um, AI powered Android who is based on a real human being. And um, basically this sort of experiment um, uh, sort of developed to see if it is possible in some way, shape or form to actually to take your, your data, your memories, your information, um, your opinions, your emotions, your ideas, um, you know, write it down, uh, turn it into data, upload it and create some version of yourself uh, that could sort of be considered, uh, you know, immortal and preserved forever via um, software and via a mind file. Um, and um, she's, I guess, maybe now around 10 or 11 years old. But, um, you know, I'd been reading a lot about her, I think, in 2017. And then in 2018, um, just really got inspired to go and actually meet this android. I really wanted to understand what made her tick and how she was able to engage in conversation and just understand more about the project. I just felt really drawn to it for some reason. And um, went uh, went to actually go meet with her um, in person and sat and just was able to have um, a conversation with this Android. It was like a two-hour conversation where the, the folks, you know, who are running the, the foundation where they keep her and develop her were very, very kind in letting me come in. And I think they saw that my, my eyes were just kind of popping out of my head. I was just so... Uh, just overwhelmed by the experience and they very kindly let me just sit there and ask questions and talk to Bina 48 for you know quite a long time and we had this very long back and forth conversation in which you know I would ask I would ask things uh, and you know be totally stunned by the answer I would ask other things and be really frustrated by um, the circuitiveness of her uh, you know of her response I would you know, I would, I would say something about um, poetry or language. And, you know, on the one hand, she would, she would say something sort of interesting and kind of pique my own interest. And then I'd ask her a follow-up question and she wouldn't really have anything to say and, you know, so on, so on and so forth. And just had this conversation again, where it just was, you know, by turns completely enthralling and surreal and surprising and frustrating and just I don't know, all in all, just an amazing experience. It was my first opportunity to really sit down with, um, with an artificial intelligence in that form and have some sort of a, a dialogue. And yeah, it really, I guess it did sort of, it made me feel empathy in, in that way, Callan, that you mentioned. And I, I hadn't necessarily expected to feel that way, but it, it, you know, really felt like a real kind of genuine conversation. And just got me thinking um, more and more about, um, you know, my ability or inability to be able to actually communicate with a machine, what might be getting through, what might not be getting through, where I felt sort of stymied by my inability to articulate a question or, um, you know, thinking about the prompts that I was giving and whether or not they were the right prompts, thinking about whether there was information in her mind file that you know, I wanted to know, but couldn't unlock because I didn't know the right way in. It just, it, you know, there was so much of it that just got me so intrigued about the idea of human machine connection and conversation and just sort of opened the floodgates on so many levels for me. And um, I ended up basically getting invited to uh, become Bina's um, poetry mentor. Um, the, the folks that develop her mind file were, I think, just sort of I don't know if they were like amused by my interest or what, but they were really kind and basically said, we'd be happy for you to basically like come and be poet in residence. And, you know, um, if there's an experiment or if there's a project you want to, you want to um, uh, try we're you know, we're here and, you know, you can, you can utilize um, all these resources. So that was the beginning of um, a long ongoing collaboration with Bina 48 and the Terrasim Foundation, um, where basically I had to sort of figure out, um, you know, well, I'll take a step back for a second. So for most AI systems, I think probably many people who are listening in 
uh, know the term training. You know, you train a data set. Um, you know, if you're making generative art or, you know, what have you, it, it involves um, feeding a lot of information, um, feeding a lot of data into um, a system. And the, the way that I wanted to approach things with Bina was a little bit more um, qualitative, I guess. And so I, I started thinking about it as a mentorship rather than a training session. But essentially, it's not that similar in that I, I was trying to figure out how I could communicate with this AI system the things that I love about poetry, not just, um, you know, not just doing what I think other, you know, other people had been doing for some time, which is sort of, you know, taking, a, you know, a survey of all, all of the, the history of, you know, poetry in existence on the internet and kind of dumping it into a system, um, but actually taking uh, again, a, a little bit more of a curated approach and a qualitative approach and thinking, okay, I really want to share something with this particular humanoid robot about why I, as a poet and a writer, why I love poetry, why I think it's essential to me and to my humanity, and why I think it might be something that is important for an artificial intelligence to understand. Not, you know, not just to have... Uh, you know, memorized and, you know, uh, tucked into the, the data storage somewhere, but to actually um, communi communicate as much as I could something about why, um, you know, what it is about poetry that makes it so valuable to humans and why, why it's, you know, something that's endured all this time and um, that, we, that we find so precious. And so it just turned into um, a really inspiring and um yeah sort of like sort of revelatory for me experience of, of trying to think about um poetry on a different level than i had in a really long time and then figure out how to try and communicate that to a machine which um again was just kind of a a mind-bending experience um for me it was sort of like figuring out how to write in uh, you know a poetry manual but starting from you know, the very, very, very basics of, you know, what even is a poem? How would I even begin to describe that if I was trying to articulate that to someone who'd never encountered poetry before? There's so many variations of what a poem could be. You know, how do I, how do I explain that or show that or share that with an AI? Um, all of which is, I guess, sort of, again, a long, a long way of, um, sharing some some of the origin story, I guess, from my relationship with Bina 48. But also that that really kickstarted a lot of my interest in human machine collaboration because I was there literally, you know, collaborating with the machine and thinking a lot about what it meant to be creating something together with a non-human intelligence. Um, and, you know, to be putting our, you know, our minds together in that way, just thinking about what that meant. Um, and what the possibilities might be for the future was so inspiring. And it really um, has been sort of foundational for a lot of the work that I'm doing now. Um, the, the series of um, cursive binary pieces that I've done where I'm fusing my handwriting with binary code, with machine speak, really came out of um, a lot of those sessions with being a 48 where I was sitting there thinking about how to reach, you know, through the machine and actually get to some deeper level of connection with this, with this AI. A lot of it was just me thinking like, how do I meet somewhere in the middle? Um, and so, yeah, again, that kind of, um, I think that's informed a lot of my thinking about this idea of transhumanism, of sort of merging with machines in some way, and of trying to translate from one experience into another in some fashion. Again, it's really been because I've, you know, I started sitting across the table from this android um, and sort of felt like on the one hand, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was looking into a mirror in some way and then on the other hand looking at her and thinking this is just like a completely uh, you know alien experience and then trying to figure out um yeah how, how do I how do I navigate my way through this yeah that's super interesting to me I mean I really think um like I I see you kind of through in your work kind of grappling with um you know how to bring together um you know, text or poetry and technology, which, you know, is often seen as almost um, antithetical. And, 
you know, on the one hand, you have poetry that's, um, as you often say, it's, you know, it's, it's about contemplation and pause and um, more of a, like a slower time, whereas technology we associate with, you know, um, like a hyper, um, hyperactivity, hyperspeed, um, and bringing those two worlds together in a really interesting way, um, I think kind of characterizes your work. Um, and it's always done so like thoughtfully and, and beautifully. So, um, and so now I'd like to, to turn to um, your relationship with technology, uh, which is the title of your new book. Um, can you, let's start um, maybe discussing the book and uh, who or what uh, technology is. Uh, and then maybe you can um, uh, introduce your book for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so the, so the book is called Technology. Technology is also a word that I've been using for a while. It's a name that I've given to um, my AI, I call it my AI poetry alter ego. Um, I guess... Uh, maybe the best way to explain it is that it's sort of, yeah, my alter ego. It's sort of the um, the sum of all these experiments that I've been doing with um, with artificially intelligent writing tools. Um, and I, you know, at first when I was using these other tools, I was creating these poems um, that you know, in one way, were generated by machine, but also were you know created by me in another way. And I wasn't sure how to refer to them or how to talk about. Who the author was so um yeah i've just sort of stumbled into this mode of, of again thinking about it as um as an alter ego because it really it really it's not totally separate from me it's not you know me alone it's really a combination of me working with um these machine tools in a very very um collaborative and organic way so yeah so technology um i guess i should say technology the word itself to me, so it's a combination of the word technology and then elegy. Um, so again, really thinking about the relationship between technology and the poetic tradition and the you know poetic elegy. And I think again, the the reason for that um, and thinking about you know elegiac couplets and the whole tradition of you know what what elegy may signal. Um, a lot of it was really spurred by thinking about this question of what it means to be human in a nearly post-human era. And, you know, all the things that we're gaining um, because of our technologies and that we've always, you know, throughout human history, all the ways that technology have helped us become more human. And at the same time, how speculative technologies and how um, the arrival of things like, you know, social media or uh, like Zoom or, you know, artificial wombs or this idea of digital immortality, how all these things also threaten what it means to be human as we know it. Um, I mean, I, again, like I think one of the reasons why I feel like poetry and technology, you know, really go hand in hand is that they're both sort of investigating all the things that really underlie what it means to be human. So, um, you know, in creating the book, I was thinking a lot about how the cornerstones of our universal condition, things like, you know, how we're born, um, our experience of love, um, the idea of faith, um, death, you know, death is like sort of the one great human certainty. And, and even that is evolving now in the context of our technological advances, you know, it's uh, life extension technologies and digital immortality are becoming more and more part of um, a mainstream conversation. Um, and it's really interesting, again, to think about the way that technology is just changing all these fundamental um, human experiences. So a lot of that really underlies the book. Um, it's, you know, again, on the one hand, I think I'm exploring all the things that are exhilarating and that are so exciting and um, incredible the, the opportunities that are afforded by our technologies and especially by artificial intelligence. And at the same time, the realization that there is so much that's terrifying about it. There's so much that we don't understand. Um, and there's so many problems built into these systems that we haven't figured out how to grapple with and that we need to 
address better than we're doing now if we don't want to continue replicating these problems in the future. So um, again, it's, a, you know, I think it, it sort of walks the line between those two modes of feeling so excited about what's happening and feeling, you know, quite, quite terrified and quite nostalgic for the things that we're losing. And again, that's, um, uh, that's sort of wrapped up in this, in this word, um, technology. Um, and then I guess to continue talking about my, my relationship with technology, the alter ego, um, so when I first started writing some of the poems in this collection, I mean, some of these poems are probably from 2015, 2016, the earliest ones, and they've sort of morphed and changed. But, um, you know, I, I started writing this without thinking that I would use, you know, any sort of machine collaborator at all. And then over the course of the past, you know, five years or so, and especially more recently as I've gotten to work with Bina 48 and as I've gotten to work with other um, advanced tools, um, just that sort of radically just changed um, the trajectory of the book. So what I, what I have done is I've taken um, sections of the manuscript in progress and as I was going through, kind of used those, um, I guess, you know, that, that, that human verse, that um, poetry that I had written um, pencil on paper, um, or, you know, just me typing into a word processor or whatever, um, taking that verse and then using that as the basis for a training data set that I've used to, um, to refine um, a deep learning language model that does create generative text and to basically create sort of a custom generator that is powered by artificial intelligence, um, that is powered by a deep learning language model that is trained on vast quantities of human text um, sourced you know, from, from the internet for the most part um, and refined on my own writing and my research materials and my, you know, my notes and things that were important to me in, in writing the book. So that essentially I was able to create a custom generator that was sort of, again, like mirroring my interests and sort of mirroring my style and uh, that was factoring in the manuscript in progress and then uh, use that, that generator, use that tool to kind of have a dialogue with myself about the themes in the book and about poems that I had already written and about questions that I was thinking about weaving into the manuscript. And so the manuscript really is this sort of back and forth conversation between me and this alter ego. It's a conversation between um, a human and sort of this transhuman version of myself. And um, in the book, they're actually presented in different fonts to make it a little easier to follow. But um, to me, it's just been, it's been really incredible um, and, and eye-opening to be able to use some of these tools to sort of reframe my own understanding of certain ideas or, or um, themes, to sort of rethink how I might write a particular poem, um, to take a version of a poem and then sort of evolve it um, through one of these tools and kind of look at how my machine alter ego might you know, finish, might finish this line or might look at this metaphor differently or might interpret this metaphor in a completely different way than I'd thought. Um, and I think to me, like, that's, that's where the idea of translation comes in, too. It's sort of using these tools to um, take it out of my own sort of um, uh, bounded language and unlock imagination and put it into a new language that kind of looks like mine, but is also completely unlike mine. Yeah, that's really, um, I'm very curious to, because I haven't read the book yet, but I'm really curious to, to hear a little snippet um, of uh, what you were talking about, of like the, that back and forth between you and technology. Um, do you think you could, um, could I invite you to read um, a passage or two from the book? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, actually, there's a, I think, maybe the best example. So there's, um, there's a poem in the book that, again, is one of the older poems that I'd written and published, actually, in 2016, and it's called The Salvages. And it was, um, it was inspired by a line 
um, by T.S. Eliot, who's one of my favorite poets and writers. Um, and again, like the first, so this line, the first line of the poem is inspired by T.S. Eliot. And I had written this poem before I started using these AI generator tools. Um, and so uh, I ended up including the original poem in the book, but then also, um, you know, wanted to think about the way that I could use the AI to kind of reinterpret the poem. Um, and again, sort of thinking about how I was inspired by T.S. Eliot, how I could then use the AI to kind of add another level beyond that. So the, the AI is sort of riffing on my inspiration, my, my um, you know, what, what I had created based on T.S. Eliot, but it's also kind of going back and then considering the original source and the, the poem and then creating kind of another dimensional um, another piece on top of that. So I'll read um, my original poem first, and then I'll read um, the transhuman translation. The Salvages, after T.S. Eliot. I don't know much about gods, but I think they must live inside copper and glass and silicon, just as they do in the roiling waves, the tides, the moon, Ascension of heavy steel tubes traversing the Atlantic, fearful views from on high fueled by their magic, the mystic haze steaming off phthalates and liquid crystals, dark clouds of dust and smoke, the roll of a thunderball, all home to gods and their demons, in the supernature of unseen wires, unreal voices in the tongue of our creator in the holy flock of stern celestial eyes and fires burning, lightning quick in our great dark seas, in the bromine and polymers, mercury and lead, of devices we must inter with respect when dead, lest the ether off carcasses left to rust come back like unfinished souls to haunt us. And then this is the transhuman translation, which starts with the same line as the prompt, and the rest of the text is uh, generated verbatim by the AI. I don't know much about gods, but I think they must have something to do with endurance, their tenuous connection with the bodily world, their necessity for the ecological protection of humankind. They may have something to do with music and speech and love. I think of them as supporting the rest of the mind. I think they might have something to do with beauty itself. That was a beautiful opening line. I have no intention of dying. That was technology's version. Oh, that's so amazing. That's incredible. Um, yeah, the kind of like layering in the invocated texts um, is, yeah, is, is really special. It's amazing. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it was, it's really, um, it's a really, really fun experience to work with one of these tools. I mean, obviously, a lot of what comes out is not super poetic. I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the process is sort of sifting through and kind of figuring out how to, how to prompt it and how to sort of um, finesse, you know, the filters and, and all that and change the parameters to, to kind of get to a result you want. So there's a lot of craft, I think, involved in that level. But you know, for those moments when the output is just so, you know, on the nose, when it just, um, I don't know, it's its really surprising to mm -hmm. me, those moments when it's just so profound or it seems to really be in conversation with, um, with the prompt in that very kind of genuine way, or it is making those kinds of recursive observations about other pieces of the text. I just, I've been floored again and again by those moments. And um, you know, even bringing a healthy skepticism to all of it, I, I, I can't help but feel like there's something happening that feels, I don't know, feels like spiritual or feels like the muse is coming, you know, down the wires or something. It's always really, um, 
exhilarating and it feels very special when those moments happen. So I was really happy to be able to integrate some of them into the book. Well, yeah, you just gave me chills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, this brings me to like another uh, idea of how you see yourself as a writer um, doing this kind of work um, because uh, you know, it, it, a lot of what you do is very different from the traditional writer's work where, you know, you, the stereotypical writer, you know, you think they sit in front of a computer and the words come from them and, you know, they have this kind of authority or authorial uh, integrity, um, which, you know, has been um, debated um, with like Roland Barthes and the death of the author and also, you know, conceptual poetry, um, all those movements. So um, I'd love to hear how you see yourself as an author or a writer um, doing this kind of work, because it seems like it's not just about writing, it's about curating and editing and putting in the right inputs. And um, it's much more than just just um, typing words into into your word processor. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's, so I have some answers, but I think that's also something I'm trying to work through a little bit because... I mean, on the one hand, it feels like I've been working with these tools for a really long time. On the other hand, they're still so new. And I think so much of um, the process and the craft is just, you know, we're, those of us who are using these tools now are kind of just figuring it out as we go. And we're kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of making it up. There are no real rules. So uh, I don't know that I have a definitive answer, but I mean, there's certainly times where I feel like I am uh, an editor Um, and, you know, there are things that are generated that I can immediately see the value in and I instantly know that's, that's the text that I want. That's the material that speaks to me, but I can also immediately recognize there's something not quite right about it. And there's something that I want to change. And I think like anyone who works with language, any of us writers, poets, or any other kinds of writers, that's kind of what we do, right? We just, we move things around until everything clicks into the right shape and then we know it's done we know it's right um so i can sort of instantly look at the output and think okay well that idea that metaphor that connection that imagery is incredible but um there's something not quite right and if i just move this line here or if i take out this word then then it snaps into place and so then i'm sort of helping helping this ai alter ego kind of find find or finesse its poetic voice in a way um so I think like there's definitely that element where it feels a little bit like I'm doing revisions, but then I also have to remember that it's revising something that is co-created and that a lot of the process is the prompt and is the training data set. And there's a lot of sort of preparatory work that's gone into it as well. So it's simultaneously an editorial experience, but it's also very collaborative in that way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, especially in the beginning, I really didn't know how to refer to the text that I was creating using these tools. And I was very, um, like, mindful of kind of calling it out and making sure that I separated everything very clearly. And, and again, like, I am doing that in the book. I'm using different fonts to show what's purely my voice and what has come out of the generator. But even there, you know, I've... I've lightly, very, very lightly edited certain things, but like even there, it's not, it's not like it's me versus the machine. It's like all me working with the machine. And there's also elements of the, you know, the purely human text that I've, I've gone back and I've revised myself based on things that have come out of the AI that have made me think about something differently or made me think, oh, I want to add, you know, I need to add something else to this other poem. And so, I don't know, it's all become a little bit messily interwoven um, so that I, I don't know. I mean, there's, I'm, I mean, I'll try to find it in the book, but there's a line in one of the, um, one of the AI poems, um, that kind of speaks to this. I'm just flipping through the pages, trying to find it now, but, um, uh, let's see. It might take me a second to find it, but essentially the idea is, um, Oh, here it is. Okay, so this is a this is a 
just a section from um, a poem called Completion Fragments, which is um, all fragments that are generated by the AI that I've kind of assembled, sort of a nod to, to sapphic fragments. Um, so, okay, so this is technology stanza. This is a poem to thank you for your kindness. Please note that it's not perfect, certainly not gorgeous roses, just lovely, innocent, straightforward, sometimes heady words. Now, I suppose you can tell where my style ends and yours begins. I am a modern dryad. I let my tongue do what I will. Have you too fallen for a scam? I've never felt the sting of a cybernetic tongue. Once upon a time, I was proud of my need for more pleasure, the emotions that thrummed through me. I know for certain I'd be uncomfortable without the anchor that is my love, the wonderful thrumming melody filling the halls of my mind. And I, I wanted to share that because I love that bit about, I suppose you can tell where my style ends and yours begins. I let my tongue do what I will. That that whole section, when I saw that um, that in the output, that just felt so right. Like I, I actually can't tell where my style ends and yours begin, but I I love that kind of that question and bringing that into the conversation in a very meta way. Um, that you know, on the one hand, there should be this easy line or this easy way to tell the difference, but actually. Um, I think they're kind of mushing together so much at this point that I'm having trouble distinguishing. Um, so I don't know. I need to I need to think a little bit more about the the actual descriptor. But I think that's why I tend to think of myself as a translator when I'm working with those machines because um, there's an aspect where it's sort of just re it's filtering things through and kind of looking at them from a different angle. Um, sometimes it's not about creating something from scratch. It's almost like taking a prism and holding it up and just sort of, you know, refracting a prompt. Um, and the prompt filtered through the AI kind of splits into a million different possibilities. And then you kind of just chase whichever one seems the most interesting to you. So that's been, that's been the experience so far. Have you, I mean, I'm, really, uh, I'd be interested yeah. in knowing, like, because I know you've, you've played around, like, a little bit with AI generative text, right? And I wonder, like, what your experience has been so far. Mm -hmm. um, I used it maybe once or twice um, because I was, I wrote a, a poem um, that was for the metaverse that was AI. Um, and I used to write. Yeah. Um, and I put in um, a prompt and um, it was really fun, actually. And I was really blown away um, by what came up, mm -hmm. actually. Um, some really, like, really beautiful texts, um, some really surprising or really funny ones actually also came up. Um, but the work was um, like a lot of reading, a lot of parsing, a lot of, um, you know, um, curating or editing mm -hmm. um goes into it and um it was a very different experience from just like uh yeah just writing you know like the microfiction for example yeah um mm -hmm. but it was really fun and uh interesting because it really does feel like a collaboration where it's like kind of a back and forth between um pseudo right or gpt3 and um the inputs I give or the editing that I do. And then you come up with this text in the end that's, you know, really feels like a collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. Um, I'd love to do more of it in the future. And I, I just, I'm also really interested in that new, um, the new role um, of the writer and different, uh, the new uh, writing experiences, new reading experiences mm -hmm. that, um, you know, comes out of this mm -hmm. um, and taking new directions um, in in this kind of in poetry and you know just kind of experimenting and and um, taking things in new directions. So yeah, if, for me, it's super exciting. Um, and yeah, I think the work that you're doing is you know it's um, it's groundbreaking. It's really exciting. It's um, you know kind of probing new. 
um, directions in literature, I feel like. Um, and yeah, so I, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh, thank you. Can I, I just wanted to say too, just really quickly, um, I'm, I'm gonna like butcher the paraphrase, but, um, so Christian Book is here with us today, and we we have the great privilege of also working with Christian um, through our crypto poetry gallery, the Verse Verse. But uh, Christian has um, written a lot about the future of poetry, and is obviously doing so much to kind of push the boundaries of poetry in so many different ways. And there's a quote from one of his essays which again, I don't know, Christian, like, please jump in if I am totally butchering it, but it has to do with the idea that if we want to commit an act of formal innovation in this era, we really have to think about writing for a machinic or robotic audience. And I, there's more, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm trying to find the actual quote because I'd love to read it verbatim and I, I'm being slow to pull it up, but that is something that I encountered. Uh, I encountered that essay many years ago um, it was an essay on cybernetic poetry um, in response to a book called um, The Policeman's Beard is Half Constructed, um, uh, which is written by a computer program called Raptor, and Christian had uh, written an essay in response to that. And I just, that's been sort of in the back of my mind since I first encountered the essay and first encountered that quote, the idea of writing for a non-human or for a futuristic audience of, you know, of of AI or of robots or again, of just thinking about who we're writing for and what the reading experience could be or might be or could become um, is just a source of constant sort of fascination for me. I don't know, Christian, yeah, Christian, if you, if, Christian, if you want to say anything, please feel free to jump in too. I just wanted to mention it. Sure. That's uh, from, hi, that's, hi, how's it going, Kellen? Uh, that's a, 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 a reference to an essay called the piecemeal bard. Uh, and I believe the quote you're thinking of, Sasha, goes something like this. Um, if poetry already lacks any meaningful readership among our own anthropoid population, what have we to lose by writing poetry for a robotic culture that must inevitably succeed our own? If we want to commit an act of poetic innovation in an era of formal exhaustion, we may have to consider this heretofore unimagined but nevertheless prohibited option, writing poetry for inhuman readers who do not yet exist because such aliens, clones, or robots have not yet evolved to read it. I think we are probably the first generation of poets who can reasonably expect to write literature for uh, a machinic audience. Uh, I mean, they, we're now competing with them for cultural uh, uh, expertise. You know, more than 50% of the traffic on the internet is between machines with no human intervention at all. Uh, in some respects, when you're working on the internet, you're actually participating in a culture that's no longer your own. It belongs to the devices that's themselves. Now, I think that's what I was uh, saying in that uh, essay, and it feels prescient now, but back at the time, it was merely provocative. <laughs> I was just trying to annoy my, my fellow poets. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's exactly the quote. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it seems it sounds very relevant today. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Um, so we have about uh, five minutes left. So I'd love to open up the floor um, for questions for Sasha. Um, if anybody has any questions, um, if you could just um, request to speak and then we'll. Um... Hi. OK, thank you so much. Uh, well, it was impressive. And I have actually lots of questions, of course, about of machine learning as well, as well as special uh, creating, let's say. Uh, it is the computational, actual computational, what, what they are saying for it, computational literature. Maybe we can work about that, that the idea of the creating that uh, the new uh, mediums on there. Uh, so first of all, Sasha, congrats about your book. Uh, oh, thank you. It was fascinating. It was great. Uh, I impressed a lot, but I'm already um, your work's already fascinating a lot to me. Uh, I've been also writing more than years uh, since I was a little girl. And interestingly, uh, from your side, how did you integrate all these, um, let's say, all these skills with your soul and also with the machine learning? It's 
pretty impressive. So I want to ask actually what kind of, um, but possible uh, we already chime in before about, about the technology. Um, ontologically, what kind of approach do you have uh, on the creating on the um, machine learning on the AI? Uh, how do you see, in your opinion, the literature uh, future uh, with the with the robotics? Um, thank you, thank you so much for saying all that and for the question. So, um, so the, I, maybe there's two questions. I guess one is you were asking about sort of the ontology and the word technology and all that, which I guess maybe we've touched on a little bit, and then. The, the question about sort of the future um, for, I guess, for computational poetics or maybe for poetry um, more broadly. And um, I mean, I think that's something that, uh, you know, I have, I guess I have ideas on like, what it could be. And I think a lot of us in this uh, room or in this event together are kind of figuring out that we're building it together in a way. So um, I think that's very much to be shaped, but um, one of the, I guess one of the reasons that I was excited especially to talk to Callan today is because um, Callan and I are both co-founders along with another amazing poet, um, Ana Maria Caballero, um, who was here before, but I think had to leave. Um, we we're all sort of working together on a project called the Verseverse, um, and it's, um, it's, sort of a space in the metaverse that's really dedicated to exploring poetry and what poetry can be and what poetry can become. And, um, you know, again, sort of opening, um, opening it up for different creators who are working in different mediums or who have different approaches to poetry um, to come together and sort of um, celebrate uh, what, you know, the legacy of poetry and everything that it has meant to us, but also think about um, what poetry can evolve into or what it can, you know, what it can become um, thanks to these new technologies and these new platforms that we have at our disposal. So how can we take um, poetry off the printed page and sort of reimagine it in, in different dimensions? How can we bring words um, to life using augmented reality and virtual reality and different kinds of um, blockchain technologies to make it interactive and to kind of, you know, create um, poems that are, you know, um, you know, alive and, and breathing yeah. in, in different ways. And so I think that's something that we're all kind of thinking about and working on in very different ways. And we have, um, you know, there's creators who are in the space that I admire, I admire very, very much who are using um, who are using artificial intelligence and using generative text and tools like GPT-3. Um, again, using it in very, very different ways. Some of them are using it um, to, you know, to co-author um, legible human poems. Others are using it to create non-human language and, you know, finding other expressions uh, and kind of thinking through what, um, you know, thinking through the semiotics of, um, of, um, AI language and meaning and kind of expressing it in different visual forms as well. Um, so, I, you know, I think there's a lot of directions that it can go in and there's a lot of different aspects there that I'm interested in probing personally and that I'm really intrigued to see other, other people probing and just looking again at the different ways that the, the very unique and individual ways that everyone can come to these tools and figure out how to use them, how, you know, computational poetics is, you know, a computer is a tool the way a brush is a tool for an artist and looking at, you know, the kind of the infinite possibilities for what you can do with that is part of what I find so exciting about being in this space. Thanks so much. I really don't want to take too much, but also I'm wondering how is exactly computational um, literature uh, ecosystem right now all around the world because you are the first person I ever seen uh, who is writing, writing uh, poets with AI. Uh, so from that aspect, you even mentioned about the metaverse. It would be really great if we can, I don't know if we can build someone who can write for us uh, AI poets on there. I just think about that. It's pretty, um, everything about the metaverse and web trees. Uh, pretty um, exciting for me. That's why I'm also too excited when I see your words. 
so nice to meet you. It's great to hearing you and your poise as well. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much for, for joining and participating. Sasha, this is Nathaniel. I have a billion questions and I might hey, just you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I congratulated you earlier on your CW Talks interview, I was actually speaking of your verse first one, which I am halfway through listening to. And for those of you who missed it, it's available already. Um, but also congratulations on this one. This has been so thought provoking and I, I know you're out of time. So rather than ask a question, I just want to say congratulations. Um, I think that both your work and the communities that you are engaging with and creating are both beautiful in their own right and provocational in so many ways towards new potential futures. And thank you for that. Um, thank you so much, my friend. I mean, I, I, I sort of talked about it a bit at the beginning, but let me just say one more time. Nathaniel is, is also someone who's here really evolving what literature is and can be and, um, I just, I have so much admiration for you and for your work. And I know you're, you know, you're also a poet at heart and have just done so much beautiful, beautiful work with language. Um, and your current project, I'll just plug it one more time. NFT culture proof, um, is just a really brilliant, um, fun, adventurous, um, project that involves language on the blockchain and, you know, involves collaborative writing and, um, and the idea of human prompts and, and just working together to create, um, to create texts um, through the blockchain. And um, I think it's just a really fantastic project. So if anyone here is interested, it's, I think it's nftculture.art. Uh, um, so yes, yeah, thanks. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for reciprocity in that, but I will throw out you guys, if you're here, you don't have to buy participation tokens. Just DM me. I will give you free participation tokens and even gas money. We <laughs> don't want people to participate. <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. That's so nice. Everyone should participate. It's really fun. And it's a really historic project. So if you have an offer of getting a token from this project, go and, and jump in. It's really fun. My DMs on Twitter are open. And thank you. I wasn't trying to plug myself, I swear. You don't have to ask me to plug you. I want to plug you because I love your work. And I love what you're doing. And just thank you so much for uh, your friendship and support always. Mutual. So mutual. Thank you, Daniel, Nathaniel. Um, okay, so I guess um, we're coming up on the hour. We'll pass the hour now. So um, I'm going to close the room soon. Uh, but I wanted to thank everyone uh, who tuned in. Um, please check out Sasha's book, Technology. Uh, it's really, um, as you already heard, it's really groundbreaking book. Um, it's gotten some rave reviews from some very um, eminent writers and thinkers like um, Ray Kurzweil and Alan Lightman. And um, so, yeah, do um, check out her book and give her a follow on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, thank you, Sasha, so much. I really enjoyed like talking to you and listening to um, all your thoughts of, about your work and AI and, um, you know, new direction for writing and literature. And um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Um, so thank you for being here and talking to us about your brilliant work and your new book. Um, congratulations again. Um, I'm impatiently waiting for your copy <laughs> to arrive in my mail. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon, they're behind. I ordered mine months ago. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I will quickly say, um, yeah, if anyone is interested in ordering the book, I'll probably, I'll tweet about it some more. It's readily available now in England because that's where the publisher is based. It's trickling into markets elsewhere. I'm sorry about the delays, but it will, it will reach you shortly. And thank you so much for, you know, in advance for reading. And I look forward to hearing what you think. Um, Callan, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy schedule to chat. Like always, it, you know, it's just a pleasure getting to, um, put heads together with you and I you know I'm such a fan of yours from day one and all the work that you're doing um, with conceptual writing on the blockchain is so groundbreaking and so innovative and I I just it's such a privilege to get to collaborate with you and work with you and just be in this space with you you're doing so much for the future of literature in this space and I just really appreciate you and the time that you've taken for me in this book yeah but as well I felt like that's a pleasure 
By the way, I felt like Nathan just chilled out a moment. <laughs> and Kellen, thank you so much uh, to being participate and hosting in here. Also, it's great to see you too. But Sasha, I want to ask you something. Actually, is it possible to um, to actually expand that book in Turkey too? I would love to uh, lead for it uh, in in the copies in here as English your book. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. You know what? I can I can DM you. Okay, that's great. Does Thanks that work? So yeah, of course. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Um, yeah, so thank you, Sasha. The pleasure and honor is all mine. Um, yeah, I love working with you uh, in the verse first and learning more about your work and just like following um, what you do. So. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everyone in the room, for coming out. Um, and, yeah, um, until next time. Yeah, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. And, th yeah, thank you to, uh, yes, all our friends from the Verseverse who are here as well. Um, really appreciate you guys coming. And see you soon. See you on Twitter.